The IFA Show. The stories behind the financial advice headlines with the team from IFA. Welcome to the show. I'm IFA editor Sarah Kendall. Well, today we're discussing the value of advice, which is a topic that's often spoken about in quite general terms, but some new research from asset manager Russell Investments has quantified exactly how much annual value advisors actually deliver to their clients. I'm joined today by Russell Head of Wholesale Partnerships, Neil Rogan, to discuss the report and a bit more about that value piece. Neil, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be here as always. Now, I guess just to start off, tell us a bit about this report and what you discovered in terms of the value that advisors are delivering their clients each year. Well, thanks, Sarah. This is the third year that we've done the report here in Australia. It's a global report that we do, and this report has been modified for Australian audiences based on data we have on our advisors here in Australia. And really what the report does, it blends both the qualitative and quantitative elements around advice and breaks those into really five key areas. The first being a client's asset allocation, the second being their behaviours, the third being the amount of cash that they hold, and the fourth being the advisor's expertise, and then finally the fifth one being the level of tax or government incentives, I like to call them, that the advisor can help the client with. And so the report really covers those five elements and structures them in a way that demonstrates the value advisors give to their clients. And what we've found based on this year's report in what has been a very unusual year is that advisors, an advised client is really 5.2% better off over the last 12 months than a client who hasn't received advice. And that's made up from those five elements. And I can go through the breakdown of those, if that makes sense, (laughs) and and discuss those. So if we look at it really getting the asset allocation right with a client, accounts to close to 1%, or we counted at 0.9, but around 1%. The behaviour piece accounts for around 2.2%. Percent, And I think that's a, a really important point. We might talk a bit about that a bit later. We are going to talk about that later, yes. How much cash the, the client's holding accounts for around half a percent. And then the tax piece is around 1.5%. And the expertise that an advisor brings, we've said that that's priceless. And again, I'll cover that offer a bit later. I think we'll drill into that a bit more because I think there are many elements of what an advisor adds to their relationship with their client that is purely priceless. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you and I were discussing that the other day in terms of, you know, the sort of comfort that an advisor provides, yeah, is sort of harder to quantify. I guess, you know, if you're looking at these sort of tangible versus intangible value that advisors provide, you know, in your experience, which one of those do you think is the most important or is it a case of advisors having to bring a combination of those, you know, perhaps a unique combination for each advisor, you know, into their engagement with clients? Well, it's clearly a blend, but what this report shows is that really the behaviours are one of the core elements. And I think a good example of that is really how advisors you know, save people from themselves. I think I've mentioned that a few times, that their key role is really around saving a lot of clients from themselves. And 
And a good example of that can be seen in maybe the the share afterpay. So over the last 12 months, afterpay has been quite volatile. And if you're an advised client and in March of this year when afterpay was at $8 and when the market was turning <laughs> turning turtle, you know, and people were tempted to sell at $8, if you'd have rung your advisor and they said to you, don't sell, well, today that share is now trading at 96 or $97, which is you know close to 12 times the amount of what it was trading at in March. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a clear example of where an advisor talking to a client around staying the course, staying in there, and really holding their nerve, I think, would be the phrase, and continuing with the strategy where they can really add a lot of value. We've quantified it in our report, as an example, as around 2.2% because it's an average over over a period of time. But I think you know that kind of thing is really a, a core part of where an advisor can add a lot of what I would call tangible value. In terms of the intangible, I think we talk about the expertise and what that can bring to a client relationship. And I think there are a number of elements there. You know, we've seen changes in the cost of higher education. As a parent, you know, one of the key things I'd like to see with my children is that they get a good both, you know, secondary and tertiary education. And there's a significant cost to that now. And so being able to budget for that along with paying down my mortgage saving enough to retire at a reasonable age where we can still travel and those kinds of things. So being able to do all of those three things, an advisor is able to help me and my wife go through that journey. And I think, you know, that expertise that they can bring to budgeting, the discipline that sits around that, as well as executing strategies that may help me get there quicker is really something that I think, you know, and we've priced here as priceless. So there was also a point, I guess, there around tax and the sort of value that tax-effective investing can play as well. You know, maybe tell us a bit more about that and about the value that advisors can deliver here. In many cases, Sarah, as you know, tax is often considered the realm of, of accounting professionals. But really, many advisors can play a role in Firstly, keeping those accounting professionals honest and on track in terms of ensuring the the tax position of their clients is in an optimal position. But also in addition to that, there are also various tax strategies structurally that may also be able to assist clients in terms of preparing for retirement, maximising certain benefits that they may not know they're entitled to, and that varies everything from, say, the current job keeper scheme all the way through to potentially supporting or caring for an elderly parent and being able to get carer's allowance and those kinds of things. And other things like, you know, maximising things like salary sacrificing in as a client preparing for retirement. But in addition to those kinds of tax structures or tax structuring that is available There are also different product structures that may be able to provide a range of advantages to their clients. So things like a managed account structure that that may include a multi-manager type fund underneath it, 
where the actual fund manager is doing uh, the work and optimizing or putting that portfolio in a in an appropriate position for the tax position can be can be beneficial for the advisor and the client in that the advisor doesn't need to do the statement of advice they don't need to do any work the fund manager is doing and the structure that they're in is doing the work for them I guess, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around the value of advice um, this year, given the market volatility that we were talking about because of the pandemic. Do you think, you know, I, I know we've had a lot of IFA readers commenting that, you know, this is almost why we're in business when there's sort of market events like this. And, you know, this is really the test of what sort of relationship we have with our clients of how they perform. Do you think that, you know, over a period like this, which, you know, we probably haven't experienced a proper sort of economic crisis now for, you know, a decade or so, clients then become sort of more aware or sort of aware again of the value of having advice? Oh, without a doubt. I would say that the GFC, which was close to 13 or 14 years ago now, really advisors during that time put in quite a lot of work in terms of communicating with clients and a lot of frameworks to be able to communicate with the clients efficiently and effectively around market conditions, around you know, outlook and around various strategies around what they could do to either protect capital or to preserve capital and to then also take on risk to grow their portfolios. And so if I look at that time compared to now, I think a lot of advisors now have those frameworks in place. Also, fund managers like ourselves and various licensees have you know, turnkey solutions now for advisors that go almost from the client all the way through to the SOA around how to manage manage clients and communicate with clients during market downturns. And that's that's probably really something we didn't have over a decade ago that we have today. And I think through that, advisors and their clients are also very well prepared for the current environment. And in addition to that, there's also an enormous amount of media that probably didn't exist yeah, 15 years ago that clients can also read as well and educate themselves around market conditions. So really there's a blend of what I call three things. Firstly, you know, advisors have, have the technology and the, the frameworks within their practice through becoming more efficient to be able to communicate more effectively with clients People like ourselves at Russell and other fund managers and licensees have the materials to help them. And then thirdly, there's a the world is now far more interconnected with the news cycle and the information that exists for clients to access and then validate that with their advisor. I guess just coming back to this issue of value more broadly, what are some of the key ways for advisors to communicate that specific value that they bring to the client sort of upfront so that in that, you know, initial meeting, the client's really clear about what they're getting for the money that they're paying? Yeah, I mean, there are, I think there are a number of things that fit into that, you know, that question of value. And the first one from an advisor perspective would be really to understand what your client needs. So we're all different and I'll call it that we all operate in what's called a market of one or two. We're really understanding what's important to that client and understanding 
how what the expertise and the toolkit that you have can help them get to where they need to be and really reinforcing that with your client. I think the second thing that sits around that is at review time, you're reminding that client around where you are on that journey to getting to that goal and the progress that they've made over that 12-month period and or you know six month period whatever the review timetable is but being able to communicate that effectively and then being able to bring in other experts if you don't have that expertise around things like you know estate planning aged care if that's an issue or planning for aged care if that's something the client's interested in so you know being almost a combination of their outsourced you know, chief investment officer, but also in addition to that, their outsourced CFO who can help them with budgeting, you know, these other things that are going to come up in their life, particularly if they have elderly parents around things like aged care and educating their children or grandchildren. So I guess, you know, if you're looking at sort of the holistic picture of a client's wealth, you know, sometimes the best thing to do can be to refer out. I mean, is that sort of still providing value if you're kind of, you know, referring them to another service provider, do you think? I think it does provide a lot of value in, in being able to to refer someone to who has greater expertise than yourself. It's a sign of, of a, a deep degree of maturity and trust with a client that then you know, enables them to, in most cases, they're probably more likely to refer business to you because of that. You know, you're able to manage and refer them to people who can help them get to where they need to be. Be that, you know, someone who can help them refinance their mortgage, can get them in their parents into the appropriate aged care facility, you know, can keep them on track with their budgeting for retirement and probably more than ever at this time, can help them maximise the entitlements that may exist from the government around helping, if they're a small business person, helping them get through this very difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. I guess, you know, looking at those points in the report and, you know, some of those specific numbers around value that they're getting, how can advisors sort of look to build that into their marketing and client engagement? You know, do you guys have any tools available to help them do that? Oh, yeah, we have a whole range of tools that advisors can use. And one that's really beneficial with this report is the client version of the the value of an advisor report that really spells out this value that we have outlined in these five key points in, in very client-friendly language. That's probably the first starting point. In addition to that, you know, we have a, a range of newsletter materials and We've got a whole automated system that we can help various advisors with in terms of identifying, tracking clients around various forms of communication. And um, I guess, you know, talking about, you know, the issue of value and, you know, communicating that value, do you think that this is something that the industry struggles with? I mean, this sort of idea of the value of advice is talked about a lot. But, you know, if you look at the numbers of people that have taken up advice, it's sort of been one in five for quite some time. Do you think that, you know, there's sort of an issue here with communicating that value to the wider public and, you know, what more can advisors individually and the industry in general do to kind of get that message across? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You know, we can always, we all have an obligation in this industry 
to try and communicate the value that we all bring in a better way. And I think as communication methods evolve, we need to tap into those to be able to do that. But, you know, every day there's a, a widow or a widower that, you know, an advisor has helped because they're insured. Every day there's a retiree who's able to retire because, you know, they've understood the level of savings that they need to be able to retire. So, there's someone who's paid down their mortgage. So there are there are all these stories around various clients who have achieved their goals through getting advice and being helped by a financial advisor. And I think, you know, and their people relate to other people. So hearing these types of stories, I think, is one of the first starting points around how we can get the message out. And the other piece is, you know, how can we help advisors deliver their advice more efficiently and effectively so that they can also see more people? And I think, you know, we talked about the GFC and, you know, things were a bit clunky back then compared to how they are today. So I think over time, advisors will also become more efficient in terms of how they serve their clients. And although, you know, they've had to increase their cost to serve over short term, over the last 12 to 18 months. Over the long term, this should certainly tail off and enable them to see more clients in a more efficient and effective way. And I'd like to see that, you know, to help more people. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be interesting to sort of have a look at, you know, the GFC versus this crisis and how clients have performed. Perhaps, you know, that's another piece of research for Russell to <laughs> commission, can show the uh, value of advice getting better over time. I guess, you know, looking towards changing regulation in the industry, that's really affecting this conversation around value as well. A lot of advisors worried about, you know, having to present clients with a bill every year, you know, with commissions being switched off like prefo for commissions and the transition to annual opt-in fee agreements. Do you think that research like the one that you've done here could help to sort of bring clients around when it comes to understanding the specific value that they're getting from their advice relationships sort of every year? I think it can go a long way to helping an advisor articulate their value. Yeah, ultimately what it comes down to is ensuring that that whoever the advisor is talking to really understands the value that they are delivering as the advisor and ensuring that that relates to our report as well so so that they they marry together but i think that can go a long way to assisting advisors articulating their value and also quantifying their value and i think you know many people once something's done they often forget about it and from an advisor's point of view i think it's important for advisors to remind their clients the value that they've created for them and also the help they've given them throughout the year. You know, keeping file notes or even looking back at diary entries and things like that is a valuable way of reminding clients of that so that when it does come to review time, there's a whole range of items that potentially the advisors assisted their clients with. And, you know, I think that's a really important point as well. Because often, you know, people lead busy lives and money's not the first thing on their mind. And having someone who can say, well, remember, we had that discussion in June when you wanted to know whether 
you know, you should buy that new car or whether you should go on that holiday. And we had that discussion. You know, there's value that has been created through that discussion, be it a reassurance piece, be it, you know, that they actually could actually afford to do that. So I think those kinds of things are really helpful in advisors, for advisors, when they're having those discussions each year with their clients. Absolutely. Great. Well, thanks so much, Neil, for coming in today and um, taking a bit of the deep dive with us into the value of advice. Thanks, Sarah. And if you like what you heard on today's podcast, please give us a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. You can also follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have any written feedback, the email for that is editor at ifa.com.au. That's today's show. Thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm.